Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Author Showcase, presented by ColinCanHelp.com. In today's episode, I talk to Canadian author Raquel Rich. What originally brought Raquel to my radar was her Twitter description. Author of Hamarsha, loves dogs and most people, travel addict, despises turtlenecks, balloons, and winter. Who can't relate to that? In this episode, the recording is from an Instagram live feed. Be sure to always keep a lookout. If I go live, there's probably a good chance that there's going to be a great guest, free advice, and important updates. The audio of mine cuts in and out, but Raquel, the important one in the interview, is really easy to hear the entire time and gives great info. But without any further ado, let's get to the interview. Writing mornings. That's fantastic. She's, uh, quiet. I've got two dogs here, and they've been quiet all morning. So I'm sure as soon as, soon as we get into something interesting, all three of them would just erupt. Yeah, that's how it works. Every time somebody, she's guarding the window right now. So if somebody walks by, apologies in advance. <laughs> no problem. I understand. So um, let's let's start off by talking about you. Uh, where are you from? Tell us about your background. How did Raquel Rich begin? Um, so I am from Toronto, Canada. Born and raised over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm Canadian, eh? Um, my background is Brazilian, actually. So my parents are Brazilian. I do go back and forth quite a bit. Uh, I'm the author of Hamarsha, actually, is the pronunciation. I'm sorry. Although, that's okay. You know what? I actually pronounced it wrong the whole time I, I was writing it until my sister corrected me. She was like, it's Hamarsha, not Tatia. I'm like, okay, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm from Toronto, Canada. I uh, love to travel, as I, I think you saw. I'm a huge travel addict. Um, I've been to 29 countries and counting. About to be 30 by the end of the month. As I'm heading out on Sunday for another vacation. You're going to Brazil, right? I am. Yeah, Brazil and Argentina. Brazil I've been to before. Argentina will be new. Nice. And uh, of the 30 countries, where's the, where's your favorite that you've ever gone? That's the question you, everybody you asks, and it's one. a really difficult one to answer. Um. Let's make it easier. If you could only go there for like seven to 10 days. Again, <laughs> a difficult, you know, uh, most of my trips are very short. Uh, I was in the travel industry for a really long time. So um, we used to just take advantage of cheap flights or standbys and things like that. Um, I have a soft spot for Vietnam. Okay. And I think it's because the, it's the place that I went to where I felt, um, the most out of sorts. I didn't belong there at all. Usually when I travel somewhere, I can blend in a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's my look or um, the language or understanding bits and pieces of what's going on. I always blend in. But in Vietnam, I stood out like a sore thumb. And that was pretty cool. What did you do in the yeah. travel industry? I am a certified travel and tourism trainer. Okay. And I used to do uh, technical training on the product, on the uh, systems as well as product training. So I spent a lot of time um, visiting countries. Somebody had to do it to come back and and, and talk about it and help people uh, sell it, help the industry sell it. Gotcha. And what got you into writing? What, you just had uh, free time and wanted an outlet or something you've always done? I used to write as a kid a lot. Um, and I stopped abruptly when I was about 12. And... Uh, I went that whole time. I took a giant, giant hiatus from writing. It wasn't an intentional thing. Um, I was away 
with my son in London, England on one of our vacations and uh, we went to the Science Museum and there was an exhibit there that sort of sparked a conversation between the two of us and a scene came in my head. I didn't know what to do with it and I wrote it down um, and it kept happening over and over again and by the time I realized I was writing a book or admitted it out loud to the universe, um, I was probably a good 25,000 words in. I, I hadn't told a soul that I was writing. And how long was that process? On and off, about four years, actually, a very long time. Um, but at that time, I was working full time. I had a nine to five. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was between that. And I took a lot of breaks because I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I didn't know that I was going to write a book and finish a book and publish a book. All those things were, I was just writing for the sake of writing a story that was in my head. And how were you keeping track of all those things throughout the years? Kind of just in like Word documents or how, how did that go? Uh, Word documents, napkins. napkins. I love when people say nap. Um, <laughs> yeah, napkins. That's, it's true story. True story. Yeah. I wish I had kept some of them, actually. Um, I had a little notebook next to my bed. I had, you know, apps on my phone on, uh, what's that app called? Ever Evernote. I use that one mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, I would save things on Google Drive so that I could access them on my phone later on if I was somewhere like in a doctor's office and a, you know something came in my head that I wanted to write down uh, because the ideas always come at the worst times, not when you're sitting in front of your Absolutely. computer. Do you, pr do you prefer to have it written? Yeah. Uh, I have a computer to write it into or do you prefer the, a paper or a napkin or anything like that? Any personal a napkin would have to be at the bottom of the list of preferences, but for sure, I prefer to write on a laptop. I'm a laptop girl. Sure. I don't. Edit, edit, um, editing features, or what, what do you like about being able to do it digitally? I can't spell to save my life. Gotcha. I love the red. I'm a terrible. Red is a game changer. I need that. Yeah. Um, I also type much faster than I can write, mm -hmm. um, and I just like the. I like to be able to, oh, I didn't like that. Let me take this entire paragraph and plop it somewhere else for now and come back to it. Where if you're writing on a notebook, um, that's hard to do. But I have, I, you know what, the first, uh, with Hamarsha, because I am working on my sequel, but with the first book, Hamarsha, I was uh, writing in a notebook and I actually wrote the first, I'm going to say like 40,000 words in a notebook before I transcribed it into, before I transferred it in, into a Word doc. Gotcha. Um, so with these huge, yeah. huge novels, um, how, how do you keep track of the story? Is it just a lot of rereads on yourself or do you have um, an editing team that you work with? How do you, how does it all come together as from story, story, story to all one? It's all, all me. That's I, uh, <laughs> it's all me. Um, I have, I have, beta readers who will read the book and say, you know, that doesn't quite fit, or maybe you should change the flow, you know, move this chapter a little sooner, have this activity happen a little sooner because it's, it's really, um, the, the flow, this flow is too slow at the beginning or something like that. But, um, I write in scenes, so I'll write a complete scene and I don't really know where it belongs. I just know I want this action to happen and I don't really know where it belongs. And then I'll have a bunch of scattered chapters. And when I've got a big chunk, um, I'll organize the chapters. And then I will go back and fill in the blanks. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did with the first with the first book specifically. I wrote 
I, prob I probably had a completed novel. Most people will overwrite and then have to remove information and remove chapters where I sort of do the opposite. I write in a bunch of scenes and I've got a, way too much action and then I have to slow it down by adding emotional scenes in between or things that are not action-packed right. in between and yeah, to weave the story together. You said that you're doing it all yourself, but you work with, uh, is it Words Matter Publishing? Is that right? Yes, and I do. I did have an editor after the fact, but it's just the actual putting of the book together. The first four years of that book was just me and me alone, and you know, and beta, beta readers came in after that. Um, and then back then, before I had a publisher, I actually did hire an editor uh, because, like I said, I can't spell. Uh, my grammar's all all not so great either. So um, never underestimate an editor. You need a professional editor. Uh, and at that point, I didn't know if I was going to self-publish. So. How did you find your editor? I mean, there's a million of them out there and it's always people's worry that people are going to steal the work or, you know, how, how did you find somebody that you were comfortable with that was going to just tell your story, but, you know, just fine tune it? Um, I went on, I believe it was, I can't recall the name of the, of the website, but it was, um, like Canadian Editors Association. It was an actual association that people pay a fee to be a part of and they have to have had, you know, X amount of experience. They have to have uh, proof that they are editors and they had to have studied in the field yeah. and to achieve the status so of they were accredited being so an editor. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So they were accredited. It was not, uh, it was, it was not a cheap thing at all. Um, and I sent, I chose quite a, I chose maybe five or six of them and I sent out like samples mm -hmm. to them and then they would return back uh, an example of what they would do with the story um, and, you know, what their specialties were. And I also looked up to see which books they had edited before. Uh, and I chose, I chose uh, Vicki Bell is her name and she's in Ottawa. And uh, she had, she is a published author mm -hmm. herself and she had, had done many, um, many editing, much a lot of editing before, and specifically with science fiction, and that's what I needed because that's my genre. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I ended up choosing her, and she was just the best to work with. I thought, um, yeah. And then I got on her waiting list because she had a long waiting list. An editor without a waiting list is not a good sign. A, a very good uh, recommendation there. And once. Uh, I know she had a waiting list, but once she picked up the work and then how long was that process from the time that she picked it up until the revisions happened and it was all ready to be fully edited and ready to go published? I think it was about the first round of edits took about six weeks. <clears throat> we signed a contract with specific dates, but I'm, I'm just going round about six weeks and then I returned it. She returned it to me. And then I went through it and looked at what she what she recommended and um, sent it back to her. And then she did another clean copy from start to finish. And that took probably another six weeks or so. Um, yeah. So all in all, a few a few months. Gotcha. That's, I mean, it's pretty, that's for the editing process. You said it was about what forty or sixty thousand words, something pretty large amount of words to go through. Yeah. Now it's ninety. 94,000 words, so it grew. Yeah, so you should have added that extra, what, 6,000, so you could hit that 100,000 mark, right? Just add a little. <laughs> no, that's a bad thing, they say. They say anything over 100,000 right, so like, is a bad thing, although I don't know why. Who, who knows? If you're reading that much, I don't know what's the extra couple thousand, right? <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is. I read 500 word 
books as a you know all the time as breakfast for some people um, right <laughs> so um you are a traveler as well as an author do any of your travels um do they play a role in your um scenes that you create uh the book takes place in las vegas and i have been to vegas quite a few times um but i haven't been to some of the places that i wrote about but what did help with being in the travel industry in general is because I haven't been, I've only been to 29, only been to 29 countries. I haven't been to all 60 countries that my company sold. Um, so a lot of, a lot of my work involved having to research it as if, um, and be able to sell it to people without ever being there. Uh, so I had to do a lot of researching on some of the areas that I wrote about um, to make sure that I, wrote about them accurately and I still haven't gone to see them and it's on my bucket list to go road tripping through uh, Nevada to see some of the outskirts and places that I spoke gotcha. about and I invented a few places gotcha. so, so I was gonna say with the science fiction you could get you you want to kind of stay factual but kind of still play with your own uh, uh, um, own creativity right yeah yeah I invented a hotel called the Canadiana there should be one <laughs> I probably have the best pancakes and syrup in all of Las Vegas, right? Yes, of course. So, uh, and bacon. Being a Canadian author, what made you set it in Las Vegas instead of Toronto or Vancouver or some sort of Canadian background? I don't have a specific reason. It felt like Las Vegas was the place um, to be? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the choices I made in my book, I didn't make it. My characters did. Nice. And and it just sort of went with that. There is there. It does take place in Toronto as well. Some parts of it are in Toronto, so I did stay true to to my Canadian city. But um, I don't know why Vegas. It just sort of came up. I like to gamble. There you go. But I, I think you guys are better gambling so, in Canada. You guys don't have to pay taxes on your winnings. That's right. Here, here. I mean, <laughs> that's right. And I'm 45 minutes from Niagara Falls, where there's a couple of great, really great casinos. Yeah, Niagara Falls is probably some of the best gambling, like of all of North America, I think. And then you get the falls, and then yeah, we, we uh, probably at least two or three times a year make it up to Niagara Falls. Uh, at least the Canadian side. I mean, uh, at least the American side. Um, but the Canadian side is so much better. You guys win every time. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so w with your characters and everything, are all of them um, just completely um, imagination based or are they based on anybody in your life or how, how do you come up with your characters? Every single one of them is imaginary with the exception of Kay. Uh, Kay is loosely based on my own best friend. Did, did you tell did, did everybody you tell, else is completely did you tell made your up. best friend that they were based on him or did you make them read and be like, wait a minute, was this me? I told oh, her. You should have the surprise. I told her. I know. You know what it is? Is because I kept asking her questions like, "What would you do if? What would you do if?" And she's like, "You keep asking um, me." And she, yeah, she's. I'm like, you know, because she's loosely, and I kept saying loosely because you know she's she's um, flawed. So I don't want my best friend to think that I've <laughs> taken all these flaws from her as well but she's she's loosely based on the relationship that she has with the main character is definitely based on the relationship that i have with my best friend excellent so um you've got the book published and everything how do you promote it does the publisher do that for you do you do that for you it's a combination of both you know in a in a perfect world i would be with a, a big five publishing house and i would sit back and do nothing but write mm -hmm. um but that's not the case words matter publishing is quite small 
they're great to work with, but they're very small. So I have to do my part as well. And I do a lot of uh, promoting on social media. Um, and I also do my own events in Canada. So I set up uh, book signings here and I contact libraries and things like that. Um, they do all that on their end in Illinois. So when they go to book events, I'm at their book events. Not personally, my books are all at their book events. Um, I am in bookstores in their area and that kind of stuff. So it's like having a really great partner based in Illinois. Somebody who's doing exactly what I'm doing here, but they're doing it there. If, if somebody else was in your shoes, an author, writer, they wanted to start having events for themselves, a book signing or some sort of promotional event, how, how would they get into that? How do they get the contacts at a, at a library or bookstore to allow them to come in and do that? Pick up the phone and call. Uh, right. The best thing to do is actually is actually to show up at the bookstore and ask to speak to the owner or the manager mm -hmm. um, because it's much more difficult to turn somebody down face-to-face. Face. Uh, face right. face, yeah. Um, plant a pretty smile on your face and do your best. Bring your book with you. Um, I had some, uh, not like a flyer, but like a, a seed, like a resume made up with, you know, my, my headshot and, um, because I won an award, my my book was a uh, an is award winning. It's actually a prize winner. That's how I got. Thank you. That's how I got the um, um, the publishing deal. I, I actually won a book writing contest. So uh, I I had like a snippet of what they had said about the book. Um, I've been Kirkus reviewed, so I put a snippet of the Kirkus review and where they can find more information about me. And I just went into the to the bookstore with my book and a copy of that. And hey. Mm -hmm. I would love to, you know, I, I live around the corner from you guys, especially if it's local. It's got to be local. You really need to start in your own neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I also um, advertised at the libraries because libraries will let you advertise literary events, at least here. I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but yeah. here, here they do let you do are that. Are the bookstores and libraries, are they charging you to come in and have the events or are they looking at it as an opportunity for themselves also for you to bring in people to their establishments or how does that work? Is that also kind of a place to you pay them? consignment? Okay. Yeah, it's it's consignment. So you don't pay if you don't sell nice. anything, which is great. Um, it's just based on the book sales because the sales you're not the one selling the book. Like you, you're at your table, you've got your table set up, you've got your books there, but ultimately the people are taking your book and they're going to the cash register at the front of the bookstore to pay gotcha. for your book. So they take a percentage of it, and at the end of the, um, depending on the bookstore, like I've done, I've done only two bookstores so far because my book was only launched in October. Um, I've got a few coming up in, in April, but um, the smaller bookstore, they paid me right at the end of the, of the signing. Um, the other bookstore, which is Indigo Chapters, which is a huge chain. It's like the Barnes and Nobles of Canada. Uh, they took a while, like they sent a check in the mail months gotcha. later. And were, the, were they, would you say that yeah. that air, um, book signing is worthwhile as a way of sales? Did they get you new con connections or? Um, yeah, I don't think it's worthwhile for if you're just going in a bookstore and thinking, yeah, I'm just going to sell all my books and this is the only way I'm going to sell my book. That's not the right attitude to have. It's exactly. a way of making connections with people. It's to get your face out there. Um, I will be going back to those bookstores. Um, I've been invited back personally by chapters because I sold 19 books at chapters, which is a huge uh, amount. That's not, that's, that's uh, anything over eight is apparently a great number. So and that's in what? you got to be really chatty with their customers. Yeah, I think I was there from, 
yeah, from like one to four, I believe I was there, like maybe three hours. Pretty, like pretty impressive. Or, I mean, just people walking through the bookstore. And how did you promote that? Was that just social media yeah. or how, how did you let people know to come? I had it on social media. They also put me on their social media, so that might have helped. Um, and I had a huge banner, and they placed me right at the front of the store. They're really great with helping local authors, uh, and a lot of books, local bookstores will really like to promote local authors. Um, so they had me right at the front, set up at the table, and I got to talk to all of their customers. So I'm chatty. <laughs> and uh, and I posted it all over social media, and I have quite a bit of quite a big following. So a lot of people came out to support me. That was my first official book book signing at a store. So I had a lot of people come out to see me. And social media followings. Um, I see you are on just about all the platforms. Is there one that you find better than another, or one that you personally like using better than another? I, hmm, I use Twitter a lot to keep in contact with the writing community, so I don't really use it to promote, although I still do, you know, the odd promotion here and there, but Facebook is probably the one that I use the most, and I think that's just because it's the one I'm most comfortable with. Um, my uh, Instagram is, usually, is a bit more personal. I usually only put, like, travel pictures on there. Um, when I go away, it's kind of new, actually. My Instagram, I only opened it a couple of years ago. Yeah, I noticed your first couple of posts. It's like a trip all the way around the world. We got all, a little bit of South America here and there, a little bit of there, going through the jungles. It looks like all, all sorts of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think the last post was my, uh, yeah, we road tripped through Panama. That, that sounds fun. Yeah. How, how long of a trip was it in Panama? It was. Um, I think we were there for two weeks, my son and I. We rented a car and, and drove around. Panama. I actually blog about it as well, by the way. I have a travel and blog. That is uh, RaquelRich.com. Uh, is that right? Yeah. And you yeah. do that uh, all through WordPress. Do you do that yourself? Yep. Or how do you like WordPress? Uh, I love it. It's easy. There's a lot of great templates on there. They're all free. Uh, have you ever um, it's it's pretty user-friendly. Uh, templates at all? I haven't. I highly recommend it. I haven't. Uh, for about yeah. 50 to 60 bucks, um, you could go on um, like Theme Forest, Envato, Marketplace. There's a couple, um, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty well-known um, websites. And with the premium, um, obviously it's just about everything that you're getting on the free plugins, but it's all going to have a lot more um, flexibility, a lot more other plugins that's going to already be coming on there with demo content where you have your... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Your banner on the top and everything like that makes it more interactive, um, makes more SEO features, things like that. Just helps because, say, the free ones, you know, 50,000 people have that same um, same template. And it's kind of, you know, they have their own photos. Right. But me personally, I do enough work with websites. I go through websites. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, Forever 21 or, you know, Theme 777, <laughs> you know, those type of things. You're like... But then with the with a personalized one, again, for the investment of like 50, 60 bucks, if you're already familiar with how to work WordPress, it's so easy to yeah. just um, download the file, import it as a new template, and kind of just work around that way. It's something else. And is it a one-time a one-time one thing? thing? You're going to pay 50 to 60 bucks to get it. Um, if you get stuck, this one, you call, call me, I'll help you walk you through it. Um, on the most, yeah. most themes are going to come with installation tips and everything and videos and um, most of them have six months of yeah. support. Definitely something I recommend just to kind of give you the little the one up from the competition. So, you know, like 
Yeah. And I do have to update my, my website actually, because right now it's very geared towards blogging because that's what I was doing mm -hmm. before. Um, I've only had the website a few years. It's not a something I wish I've ha I'd had it before so I could have all my trips on there, but I right. don't. Um, doesn't mean that you can't, but I do. I want to change it. I, yeah. It doesn't mean I can't go back and write about all those places, but they, um, I'd like to be able to update the website. So it's more focused around my book as opposed to my blog. Yeah, definitely. Now that it's I would, um, that I'm published, yeah. hang up today. Go on just a quick Google search. I know you got a big vacation, but you know, put it on your list of things to do. Google search um, uh, premium uh, premium WordPress author site. Uh, uh, premium WordPress author themes. There we go. I could talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that that way, they're they're geared towards authors. You know, it'll be a thing where it already have like a headshot, so you just go and you know, put place your headshot where that one is. And it's already got the, you know, the bios and things and just different fonts that you're not going to get on the, um, the free things, you know, opposed to where yeah. with the free ones, you could still get plugins that are a couple dollars here and there to kind of spruce it up a little bit. But I highly recommend everybody that I talk to, to, to start off WordPress. You already have that going self host. You already have that going but that one up. That'll give you that little bit of difference is definitely look into the premium themes. Um, um, don't ever use Wix or any of those free ones. So don't ever go away from what you're doing. Just do what you're doing. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So with all those, um, what do you recommend as an author? Um, you said how you, you know that you're currently geared towards blogging, but how, how would you as an author um, promote yourself differently? If you, if you could go back, say, six months to the release of your book. I would have... Um... I would have gotten the reviews before the release of my book as opposed to after that was uh it was short sighted I was so excited to just get the book out right that i didn't I didn't put much thought into the fact that people will want to see reviews before that, so I wish I had gotten the, especially the Kirkus review because I got a raving Kirkus, Kirkus review, which is a big deal, and I would have liked to have actually put that on the book mm -hmm. um, so right now the book just doesn't have anything about reviews whatsoever so I really would have liked that so I think I would have done that differently for sure is to reach out to bloggers and uh, you know podcasters like yourself and try to get my name out there before so that people would be excited about the release uh, where the sales are going well now but I think they would have gone much better right off the bat if I had done some pre-work and stopped being so excited <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's hard not to be excited. There's a lot of times I'll, I'll do a yeah. post or something, you know, I'll, like you said, it's kind of a napkin idea. I'll post a quick little, you know, one, two, one, two. And then I'm like, oh, if I would have done it this way, that would have been a lot better, you know, but what are you going to do? It's I know. Just run with it. And um, I, I yeah. think you're a lot better off to put it out prematurely than to not put it out at all, which a lot of people do, you know, so many. People and I think that's what I would have done. If I, I don't think, I think if I had put it off, I just, because I'm always seeking perfection and, you know, four years it took me to to write the book and two years it took me to get somebody to publish it for me. Right. So six years into it, I just wanted the book out. Like I was tired, get it out there. Plus I was writing the sequel and I, you know, I just 
I just wanted book one out. I wanted out. It makes sense. Um, and I don't know that I would have if I had just kept putting it off. Oh, if I find reviewers, if I do this thing, and like there just would have been one other thing that I can do, one other thing I can do before, and I don't know if I ever would have taken the plunge. Because you could always do a revision, you know, like you, like you said, you wanted to include a review or something on yeah. the back panel or inside panel, you know, do an opposite, a different cover or something, just real simple tweaks. I mean, you've already got 99% of it and just kind of tweak a different advertisement or you guys, I saw you have a real, uh, I like the uh, trailer for it. The little, uh, I love the trailer. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit so basic, but it's, it's almost spine chilling towards the end. You're like, Oh, they got me. I got, I'm, I'm intrigued. What are, what are they doing to the kid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The publishing house did a great job on that. So they, do they do any other, they, they did a video for you. Do they do any other graphics or anything for you to help promote? Or is that all on you? Um, they would have done a lot more. It's just that I, I, I came to them and I already had a website. They right. would have done the website. I already had one. Um, I didn't want it touched. They would have, the cover wasn't them. They would have done the cover, but I wanted it, uh, I wanted an illustration, an illustrated cover, which they weren't um, able to give me. Uh, and so I had it designed by an artist in Mexico, actually. And what else? Like they, they did another round of editing, even though I had had it professionally edited, which is to be expected for anybody who goes with a, a publishing house, they will edit it again. They did all the formatting and stuff like that. But as for the, um, like they did the, the trailer, um, no, they do, they do other things. Like they've done some, um, you know, posts for social media with banners and things like that. Um, I did my own banner. I did my own bookmarks. Yeah, it, like I said, it's like a partner. Gotcha. So you're yeah. in Canada. Your publishers in uh, the USA. Your covers in Mexico. I mean, so we. I guess we got to outsource you. You got to find a new editor and take them to somewhere in South America, and then you got the full this whole side of the country. United Nations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's the whole United Nations to your actual book. Um, tell everybody a little bit more um, about the, um, uh, you know, what's the what's the full premise behind it? Give us some of the uh, the details. Make us uh, really interested in what it's all about. So it's a sci-fi adventure. Um, when I say sci-fi, people think aliens and spaceships. It's nothing like that at all. Uh, it's about a woman who is. Um, desperate to save her son from a disease that's plaguing the human race. And uh, the, the disease is called metagenesis, and it's when you're, you've been reincarnated too many times and your soul eventually just dies completely um, okay. before you're ready to die. And uh, she is given a chance to save him. Um, there's a doctor who specializes in this disease, and in, she agrees to participate in an illegal clinical trial. Uh, she travels back in time to clone a soul to repair her sons. Um, but when she gets there, she realizes that she's actually part of a, a sinister plan. And the doctor is um, didn't tell her everything. And for her to save his life, then she will risk the lives of millions. Um, so she has to decide whether his life is worth saving. Because if she saves him, she will trigger human extinction. Gotcha. So that's gets a little bit complex there. <laughs> yeah. So she's stuck in a very difficult ethical uh, dilemma to decide whether to save her son or.
and that's the end of the show. Thank you, Raquel, for the interview. I'm looking forward to also having her on a Travel Tales episode, so be on the lookout for that. Also, head over to ColinCanHelp.com to find all of the links to Harmarsha and all the other works by Raquel. Thank you, and hit subscribe, and let me know how to do better in the comments.